and Tavares comes out of the scrum, centered it in front. Now to Nylander, to Marner, who scores! Leaks on the power play, moving from left to right on your radio dial. They get it into the zone, Timmons dropping it back for Matthews, to Nylander, a shot scores, Marner! Mitch Marner one-times it from the top of the circle and beats Grubauer. Now Tavares and McCabe getting it ahead. Marner's in on goal, a hat-trick here, scores! Mitchell Marner has the Hattie and they're raining down on the ice. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the band Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, poor Mitch Marner. Has to become Rip Hamilton now. Has to wear <laughs> the bubble forever. Pretty well for Rip. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the positive side of things. Uh, snaps an eight-game goalless drought with three, count them, three goals. Hat trick in yet another shootout victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs over the Seattle Kraken. I, I know you you pay attention to all my tweets, Brent. Uh, okay, yeah, sure, definitely. Okay, well, if you did, no, no, you'd I, have I, the answer I to agreed. this question. I agreed. Okay, I, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we're about to find out. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, no, stop are. it. No, yes, no, stop it. Yes, no. <laughs> Do you know how many shootout wins Maple Leafs had last season? No. They had one. Oh, okay. <laughs> they have four already this season. I'm Mr. Positivity mm-hmm. today, okay? Two points is two points, as I was told multiple times after the game yesterday, and that's true. Yeah. It's better than zero points, mm-hmm. and it's slightly better than one point. Yeah, yeah. that's the, how math works. G- g- Disagree with me at your own no, peril. I will not. I okay? tried to tell you this on Wednesday after Tuesday's game. Okay, so uh, I guess great, I'm on. Great observation. I'm, Thank you, I'm, Leon. I'm on your side of the street. Maple Leafs, you know what? Dang it. Under difficult circumstances, they just get the job done, okay? Oh, okay, well, hold. That's They just get it no, done. No, see, that's. Backs against the wall. No. They get it done. That's too strong. Okay, now you've gone too far afield. The other way. This is one of the pick your number. It's not one of the four or five elite teams we have in the NHL this year. And it's not one of the, I don't know, five or six brutal teams we have in the NHL this year. It is one of the pack of 20 or so in the middle. I think they're more to the top of that pack, given the high end talent that they have, but they're in that pack of teams. And yeah, have they found ways to get it done? Yeah. Would we be sitting here killing them if they didn't find a way? We probably would. Yeah. But I also think this is part of what, like, they're not all going to be Picassos when you're missing. Let's just say it out loud again. And we might have our issues with this group once this isn't the case, but it is right now. Half of your blue line. They're not missing, you know, a guy. Not missing two. They're missing half of the defensemen they expect to play the games Kraken for them have this played season. With the exact same six defensemen each and every single game this right. season, Maple Leafs have used ten defensemen yeah. already. Yeah. Okay. Just like it's December first, that... by the way. Everybody uh, adjust yourself accordingly. So, I don't, I don't yeah. Know. So, so people... Do you say rabbits, rabbits, rabbits on the first day of the new month? Don't you? You have so many sayings. <laughs> I have so many. I've sayings? never. I've heard. 
The only thing, the only like rabbit idiom is like I seem to remember being around like campfires. Yeah, that's when I was also a kid. what you do if the smoke is blowing yeah, in your like, face. I hate rabbits or something like that. No, I no. thought you also say rabbits, rabbits, rabbits. I, I didn't know that one. You've. I just want to talk about the Leafs. You've thrown me for a loop here. I didn't know that one. Now I'm going to have to look that okay, up. I talk, talk about the most dominant shootout team in the NHL this season, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Eh, I don't know that that's exactly how I want to look at it. <laughs> they, I mean, it is a fact. Yeah, no, it is. And Four and one in the shootout, buddy. Much like we pointed out last year when they only won one of those things, we got to point it out this year mm-hmm. when they win all of them, apparently. They don't get to do that. In the postseason. So you just have to nuke the you don't nuke the wins because you play overtime and not three on three real hockey overtime. It's gonna shake out very, very differently. But that's how I look at it. I mean, you saw a team that came out, I won't say like charging out of the gates, they were clear as day the better team yeah. in that first period. Yeah. Clear as day the better team for about half of that second period. Then it just felt like they kind of took their foot off the gas. Now is part of that getting overextended, playing, again, three defensemen that you don't expect to dress on any given night, let alone all of them. Is part of that the case? Sure. Is part of a Jared McCann shoot? Sure. But there were a lot of things you didn't like in the back Jared half of that McCann. game. Well, that's just a lock lock. <laughs> Jared this McCann. is how cursed the Leafs are. The guys <laughs> Jared that, that even guys who were Leafs, on paper. Like, uh-huh. we almost had it with Evan Rodriguez the other yeah. night. And as Paul Maurice said, thank God there's rules in the game. Yes. So that didn't count. And then Jared McCann has scored every time he's played the Leafs since yeah. being a Kraken. Or well, I mean, it he has a 40-goal like score. He's right. one of their best offensive weapons. Makes sense. I mean, of course it does. But it's also, of course, he has to, you know, either, just quick math How many 40-goal seasons does Alex Kerfoot have? By uh, that'd be zero. Oh, okay. That'd be no, zero. Just, Verifying. Yeah, I, uh, we'll have to check on how many 40-goal seasons the prospect that they gave up for Jared McCann to uh-huh. expose him. Uh, yeah. we'll, have uh-huh. to, we'll have to check into that. When I look at that game last night, I think you're just going to see a lot of these games from this team until they either get some semblance of health on their blue line or you see them make a trade. I just think you're going to see this team play a lot of games that look like this, where they have long stretches, where they play rock-solid hockey. But guess what? And I'm not putting it all in the defense core because there's plenty you could point to the forwards at as well. But guess what? When again, for a third of the game, more or less, there's going to be guys on the ice that you do not expect to play. It's going to be hard to kind of keep patching up all the holes in the boat throughout the course of a game. That's kind of the way I look at it. So there is something. There's a. It, we don't want to make too much out of it. This isn't some proof that the Leafs are just serial winners who know how to get it done. But there is something about finding a way. And sure. would you feel better about it even if it came in overtime versus the shootout? Maybe you would. I don't know that it would change that much for me. But that's kind of the way I, I look at it through yeah. the first 20 whatever games we're at here. Yeah, and they only allowed, again, three goals against uh, during the regulation portion of the hockey game. I I, I know I'm Mr. Positivity, but yeah, I do look at the opening 20 minutes. Yeah, you where, couldn't do it. You see, you, you made it all I of seven at, minutes. I look at the Mr. two nothing. I look at the two nothing lead, and then what happened afterwards is mm-hmm. yeah, prototypical for this team yeah. as well, right? It's like, oh, we did it. Game over. Hang the banner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mission accomplished. We won the game, uh, which clearly they didn't, uh, despite the fact that they were dominating. I mean, the opening 20 minutes are like, oh, these are not two teams that are nope. on the same level of skill. Uh, and and then up to nothing. Yeah. I mean, 
me watching, I did think that the game was over. Me playing, I think I would understand that, oh, yeah, no, that that team also, you know, they won a round last yep. year against the Avalanche. They were they were a win away from the conference <laughs> final last year. Yeah, they right. took the Stars to seven <laughs> games. Stupid. Which, well, okay, but... Like, I don't want to belabor this point of it too much. And no one's saying don't bother to get any better. And obviously, this year's Kraken team is a lesser version of the team that they had last year. But it does kind of prove the point of get in, get some saves. If you, because the Kraken were not some team buoyed by all of their talent, they were a pretty rock solid top to bottom team. Yeah. You look at it and it's, they didn't lose. They didn't forget how to win. They didn't lose 20 pieces of that roster over the offseason. Like, it is just, it is something to keep in mind when we talk about yeah. this mushy middle nothing of the matters. NHL. No, it's not nothing, nothing matters, matters. But it is not the NBA yet. And that's the point I'm going to keep yeah. hammering home is that we're not going to sit here and go, or at least I'm not. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll feel differently at the deadline if those teams really load up and there really, really uh-huh. is a true separation. But I still think it's playoff hockey at the end of the day. And it is just as likely a group is going to come of the, let's say you just take, okay, the four best playoff teams. Honestly. I think it's just as likely it comes from the next group of 12. You know, this is an interesting thought experiment. Sure. Because I, I do actually generally agree with you when it comes to the sport. You know mm-hmm. what I think? It's just been the the spoiling of the last six years, right? Like mm-hmm. only having one postseason series victory yep. over this span, losing all those one-game elimination mm-hmm. games yep. with this core – Makes you think that there is, like, some fatal flaw. That, no, like, again, like, getting back to just being a normal team. Like, if this team was a we normal thought, team. We thought we were there. Isn't and, that cute? No, but if this team had just been a normal team and, like, yeah, they, they didn't win a Stanley Cup. No, but, but they like, just they beat won- Montreal. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, okay, they'll get into the playoffs again and punch a chance and then the top-end talent and, like, yeah, they can go toe-to-toe with anyone if they get the saves. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just so hard to think that way considering – it just hasn't translated into the postseason. But, yeah, I, you're right. You're right. If they get the saves, and it should be stated, stat of the day alert for you. Oh, thank you. With uh, Joseph Wall's performance yesterday, and for the first time in his career, four straight games of 30 saves or more, and, boy, we, we'll have a conversation about whether he should be in net on Saturday. Uh, a quick one. Yeah. Um, Maple Leafs pulled their team save percentage up to a robust 903, which just, just happens to be. The National Hockey League oh, average. Oh, my goodness. Percent average percentage. goaltending? Oh, how did we get so spoiled mm-hmm. in this city? Yeah, which is, I mean, it's supposed to be the the bar with this team, considering what they've invested in the goaltending position, which isn't very much. Yeah, no, they haven't. I mean, you have a guy who makes, what, like 330 or, or sorry, 3.3 in, in Samsonov or 3.5, whatever it is, and then Joe Wall's at 800K. So <laughs> you're laughing if you can get leave, league average goaltending for, what, less than $4.5 million, mm-hmm. especially given the cap constraints for this team and I think that again I don't want to overstate this but I think we all see a world where Joe Wall can continue to grow and become an above average Mm -hmm. NHL goaltender that's not say he's getting Vezda votes or he's top five or anything like that but he can continue to grow and become above average like I can see that path Samsonov I feel like you're gonna have still two more hot stretches from him this year and two more where he looks kind of lost that just feels like the type of guy he is, and I think that's why most people, I think that's why most people are still kind of going towards Wall. Even Keith, like go back to all his comments from the beginning yeah. of the season. It's the guy he clearly Brent. has the most faith in. Like he's Joseph Wall's had now some bad games and some bad moments in games. The the sample is growing. Well, this season now he's 
He's played in the 13 games, of course, started in 11, the two games that he's come in in relief have been victories against the Tampa Bay Lightning this season. So over the 24-game NHL sample, he's got a save percentage of 920. Mm -hmm. This season, after that insane start, like I understand it was buoyed by a great, great start and a little dip in the middle and now back to playing great. But like, again, we we take the whole sample, 917 save percentage. Yep. There's... Proof of concept there. Like, the sample is growing by the day that this guy is an above-average NHL goaltender. Yeah, and again, like, if if this team is who we think they are, and I suppose in Leafland it's a bit of a Rorschach test, and it is what you see, but if they're who I think they are, an above-average goalie is more than good enough for this group. You're going to need nights where he stands on his head, but guess what? An above-average goalie does that. Right. I have seen Vamelka do that against the Leafs several times. Right. Is that not the Stanley Cup recipe for this team? Get the top end scoring that they can provide. Get still kind of waiting for get, that TBD. Get decent enough play from your blue line. And yeah. again, like the blue line's gonna be different. We'll talk about the big trade yesterday yeah. of Zadorov mm-hmm. later on in the this first segment as well. But all of that is like all secondary to like just getting the better goaltender in a seven game series. Yeah. Which they got one one time over the last seven years and was the series happened. that they won a series, right? right? And and to just kind of add to that point, the year before, I don't know how, and boy, someone should go remind him of this in Bakersfield or wherever he's hanging out these days, but the year before, yeah. when the Leafs no, had the hammer in that series, it was because Jack Campbell was outperforming Vasilevsky, and then Vasilevsky is like, oh, right, yeah, right, it's the playoffs, and yeah. these guys, I'll just turn it on. We... Oh, are you good on that aspect of it? We got to talk about Mitch Marner. Yeah, no, yeah. I was actually, okay, I was, I, I, I started the, the conversation with Mitch Marner, but yeah, we went too far yeah. afield from the guy who, yeah, snapped an eight game goalless drought with a hat trick. But beyond that, what's it called? We got to like, it, we can't call it the Mitch. I, I won't be going that far today, but what's it called when you get a hat trick and then the, the winner and like, that feels like a thing, like a shootout yeah. goal as well. I don't know. Like it's not a Gordie Howe, obviously. Marner trick. No, no, I mean, we, it's I don't a, know. I, okay. How about a hat trick and then a shootout goal? And then a we shootout should, goal. We should call it that. Because it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and all done while wearing a fishbowl on Which your face. I just, again, would like to be vindicated that the second he came back out, it was like, <gasps> how is yeah. he not wearing a fishbowl? It just feels yeah. right to his core. And I don't know why they couldn't I, have figured I, that I, out. That during was confusing, the game. too. He had the shiny cage on. Yeah. It was uh, so shiny. On Tuesday. I will say, so. My, my kid was watching the game with mm-hmm. me uh, for the most part yesterday. A little hot, hot fishbowl talk? Well, yeah, because he can relate to that. He yeah. wears a cage, right? Yeah, He's like, of like, oh, yeah, I'm a Mitch Marner guy because he looks the like most me. like me. Well, well one, yeah. like... Yeah, Child. he looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know he's trying to dr- grow the facial hair, and maybe now it's over. Now that November say, is over, can but... you shave your face while you oh, have a busted jaw? Yeah, but yeah, no, he's he he related to Mitch Marner, who looked great again, like awesome. outside of the awesome. goals, and goals do stand mm-hmm. out certainly. And one of them on the power play, power play looking good. Yes, um, after a long over eleven drought since they returned from mm-hmm. Sweden, but just dominating, just absolutely controlling the run of play. Um, and maybe it's John Tavares who's the fixer because mm-hmm. Mitch Marner slides away from Austin Matthews and he and John Tavares in their first full game where he doesn't have to depart because yep. he takes a puck off the jaw. Mm-hmm. That was the best line yesterday. And all of a sudden, like, William Nylander is kind of fading into obscurity a little bit. And boy, Austin Matthews. Sorry, I don't want to get away from Mitch Marner. No, no, because it's fine, man. They're all good points. Austin Matthews had one shot at 
in the hockey game. Yeah. Uh, and now Austin Matthews is riding a long streak uh, without a goal. What is it? Nine straight um, without an even strength goal. Yeah. We'll get to 34 in a second. Just my, for me on, on Marner, what, what he had last night. I think a lot of times we'll see this. We did this all summer long with Vladdy where we went, ah, he had two knocks. Surely this is it. Surely he's seeing it differently. Mm. Surely. And then guess what? Maybe he'd have two knocks the next day and then that would be that. And then we go right back into the conversation we had all summer long. I sometimes think we try to will ourselves into, ah, this guy had a breakthrough performance and it's actually going to mean that they're going to continue this run. And it's going to, I see that game last night. And for that player specifically, I can't think of a leaf that needed to have that game more. He wears it so than much. Him. He wears it so much. But the thing about him that makes you think this is going to go the other way now is that whatever it is, yeah. he's wearing it. Like he is the human mood ring on yeah. this team. The puck goes in last night and it just goes to his legs. Now, I don't say that as a criticism. That's a tale as old as time. That happens in hockey. But then you see last night, he comes out in the shootout and he's doing like, Mohawk turns halfway down the ice. He's using his edges. His feet are looking all weird. The amount of what was that text that we uh, that I exchanged after that Marner shootout goal last yeah. night? The showing off the edge work. That is clearly a guy who needed to have a game like that to get whatever it is off of his back. And I don't say this to mean he was like sulking or pouting, but he wasn't this like. When Mitch Marner is at his best, and some of you will roll your eyes at it, maybe I have in the past as well, it's like, he's hugging the mascot, he's dancing, it's big high fives, he's got the big smile. And all of that was evident last night on top of everything you saw from his play. So I think that he is probably more so than any guy on this team. Like, I think a lot of people think of Nylander in this mm -hmm. aspect of well, like once he gets going, it's almost like a snowball rolling downhill. I think Marner is the the biggest embodiment of this team of a guy who actually carries something over from that. And and no, hey, it's, like it's it's impossible to know. Like Boston is lurking. Yeah. It's as bad it's as bad or as good a matchup as possible for a guy right after that game. Because honestly, if it was the Kraken lurking mm. on Saturday night, you could see a world where he's like, all right, I had the game. Like, mm. but it's Boston. There is no way for there to be a letdown. I'm. And part, like, we're all hopeful for this, of course, but I don't see how you see that from that guy last night and don't think, ah, okay, maybe we're getting the Marner month here through the Christmas break. Yeah. What, um, what is, I mean, what I think most of us would feel if we were in the position of being a National Hockey League player is what holds, I think, Mitch Marner back a little bit that... And what holds me back on the golf course, like mm -hmm. honestly, like watching Mitch Marner go through the ebbs and flows emotionally yeah. of an NHL season mm -hmm. is the way I feel when I'm on the golf course, right? Like I hit a great shot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll never miss again. Like, oh, it's just it, the confidence <laughs> you feel on the tee after <laughs> making a birdie where you hit like three great shots. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've got it figured out. And then just as easily two holes later, you're you're shanking it all over the place and you feel like you've, you're never going to play the game well ever again i know that feeling which is tough over the course of an 82 game regular season mm -hmm. and and i will say there's definitely a bonus to being what it feels like austin matthews and william nylander are where they're just hey head, head Easy down peasy. straight ahead john tavares doesn't, right? doesn't bother me that's not him you know 
and and he needs to feed off the emotion. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, in fact, uh, he uses yesterday as a building point. And, I mean, it's so different than, than baseball, too, right? Like, right. baseball, it's like, hey, the momentum of having a three-hit day or a couple of home runs for Vlad, getting the monkey off his right. back, hitting the, his first home run at home, doesn't matter. It's right. such a different scenario yep. the next day against a different uh, starting pitcher. Like, there's, there is clear momentum in this sport, I think. Also, uh, if this was the other way around, we would never stop talking about it. So I do want to give this guy a little love. What a pass by Jake McCabe to spring Mitch Marner. I know if it was the other way around, mm-hmm. uh, Jake McCabe would have shot that thing promptly into whoever was tending that for the Kraken last night right in their chest. So I know that's why we also wouldn't be talking about it. But that was an incredible seam pass uh, by McCabe, kind of from in his own zone, splitting everybody that looked like a that looked like a deep ball that like split two high safeties in, in, a, in a football game that was just a great pass from from McCabe and yeah I mean there this is honestly the more I think about it as we've kind of talked it around and you did your complete 180 from after the last game of okay this is not good to no this is good now is I really do think this is just the Raptors are a weather vane team in that just have an opinion on the game every day because they're going to change all the time. The Leafs are a Rorschach test team. It's like Mm. whatever kind of baked in preconceived notions you have about this group, you can, you can talk yourself into or use as rationale for what you see here. Cause I I really do think you can see and believe both sides of it. Quite honestly, I don't know if you can do this consciously. And if it's happening, I don't think it's consciously, Mm. but like, what if subconsciously, this team's belief was that, yeah, the regular season doesn't matter. We just got to get there. And, like, I, I, I know. Like, there's... Did anyone tell Nylander? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah. <laughs> the, the two points are important on a nightly basis. And there's some games that mean more than others. And th- that's why I think the opening 20 minutes against the Panthers was as disappointing as I thought mm-hmm. it was. Fair. And then they won the game. So, okay. I guess I got to come off that one. Um, And then, like, Saturday, again, stands out. Like, any of these games against good teams, especially in the Atlantic Division, stand out. But, like, what if the thought process, again, maybe not conscious, Mm -hmm. but, like, way back there in the back of the cerebellum is, hey. We're a regular team now. Yeah, this is, nobody, we're not going to win the Atlantic, okay? We got off to, it would have been a nice thing if we'd got off to this tremendous start would really be quite an effort to to win the Atlantic Division. That doesn't matter ultimately anyways. Who cares? Let's just get into the playoffs. Let's get our points. Um, let's make sure we're playing at our best by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. It's a team that's going to look differently. Very different, we would hope. Yep. <laughs> by game 82 <laughs> headed into the postseason than it looks right now. Yep. Especially in, on the back end. Uh-huh. Let's just get our – it's the Seattle Kraken on uh, Thursday night. Let's Let's just, you know, let's get our point. Let's get our two points. Get out of here. Um, what if, what if that was just, that was again, not like right at the forefront of the thought process and nobody going to vocalize that. But what if that was the reason why we're seeing this lack of killer instinct in regular season games? So I'm going to agree with you. Kinda. It's like, I'm putting an accent on, on agreeing with you. Not like an accent voice, like an accent, goo, you know, shout out French class. Mm. I look at it as that it's almost like it, that is to a certain extent what I believe is happening. But I think it's that, look, there's been some turnover, okay? Like Bertuzzi is new here. Nice, this is really his first run. Domi's new. But all the guys that matter have been through this a million times. Like even, even David Camp. It's like, how many times do we do this? There's just a bit of, like, people are, 
like Kareen going to Kareen off the road because they're going to hate this so much. But it's like there is a bit of burnout of just like every game in mm. December has to be a referendum wow. on the entirety of the core. And, and we're aware that like other NHL markets are not pouring over the 60-plus right. minute hockey game even in a two-point victory, yeah. right? Like yeah. the way this is go great. Good down. job. Yeah. Pat him on the butt. Keep it moving. Do you think Matt Kachuk has ever to answer a critical question about a loss in Florida, or sorry, a win in Florida? No. You know what? Let me back that up. Do we think he's ever faced a critical question in Florida? Mm, Probably not. Has he ever faced a question? Even better question by you. Good job. <laughs> it's a harder question than he's had to answer. But that I do think there's something to that. The idea that just, you know, Marner and Matthews and Tavares and Nylander and Riley – and TJ Brody now, like this, the last year of his contract, we've lived the life of TJ Brody in this market. He's been through it so many times. Like I, I can see there being some element of that and, and it kind of bleeds into to where you're at. So yeah, I don't, I don't hate that theory. I know people will hate hearing it, but I, I, I agree. I think there's something to it for sure. Uh, Austin Matthews could, uh, could use a hat trick. Uh, on Saturday. I'd take one. Yeah. Uh, just one, honestly. You're going to be greedy, but I'll just take one. All right. Um, we'll talk more about Saturday's game, I think, later on. But we got to talk about uh, Nik- Nikita Zadorov uh, mm. being traded to the Canucks for a fifth-round pick in this upcoming draft and a 2026 third-round pick uh, from the Calgary Flames to the Vancouver Canucks. No salary retained because the Canucks mm. freed up uh, the cap space with the Anthony Beauvillier mm-hmm. trade to the Chicago Blackhawks after Corey Perry's contract yep. was disposed of. So the Leafs were apparently involved, wanted some sort of salary retention. Canucks didn't need, though, after their trade of Beauvillier. The Leafs also, should be noted, maybe didn't need. Didn't need what? The salary retention. I mean... In the coming days, we might find that out, right? Like, it, it is not official that John Klingberg is on season-ending LTIR. He is on LTIR, mm-hmm. but the idea still remains, I suppose. I don't know how realistic it is that, yeah, you're going to have to clear up the $4 million-plus yep. in cap space when he's ready to return to the ice for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Anyways, on the surface, seems like a very light return yes. for a guy who looked like a world beater when he was here in Toronto. Also coincided with his agent tweeting out that this guy wants the hell out of here. Timing's everything, baby. Uh, there's a lot for me on this thing. Yeah. What, what was your initial thought when you saw this trade consummated yesterday? Honestly, we're going to be honest here. What the hell, Brad? That was my initial thought. Mm-hmm. Like very first blush. You couldn't do that? You couldn't? Three, three, and five. That that couldn't have been done. And the three and million is it years, from now? years from now. The the the, the guy that's going to be selected in twenty twenty six is fifteen years old. Today. Yeah, great. It's an OHL trade almost uh, in, in the way they're trading futures. So that was my first blush reaction. As you start to parse it out, um, doomsday scenario entered my head that John Klingberg's LTIR is not yeah. as certain as we once hoped. Because remember, uh, you know they. They hinted that it might be next week, but strongly hinted that we might get some certainty this week. And, you know, I understand Friday is is today and there's still, you know, many hours left in the working day and we could still get certainty and even we could get that at the end of the weekend. But I'd be lying if that wasn't my kind of first blush reaction of, oh, did they need to be retained? Now, the other half of that that I wondered about is it, and feel free to poo-poo this because I know I can be a bit much with this sometimes, but... 
did the Leafs have to play it extra careful knowing because all we've heard with this Klingberg thing is that they expect to get certainty, but also that they know everyone's watching them like a hawk with this. That has the, been the reporting around this. Do you think that there oh. is any part of Trelevin going, I, I know, we all know, I can't pull the trigger until we know no, because unlike the Lightning, who were allowed to have Nikita Kucherov at practice for five yeah. weeks before the playoffs, but it's okay, his cap it can't count. The Leafs have to be I extra careful. I thought I did think about it. I like you putting the tinfoil hat on. Like, I appreciate that, it. But do you think there's something there? I don't. Okay. I, I don't think it has really anything to do with that. I do think, though, there is something to be said for using up that much cap space, more than $3 million yep. uh, on a guy who, again, like looked like a world beater when he was here in a loss, it should be said, mm-hmm. uh, by the Calgary Flames. Scored and, a goal. And yet another shootout. Uh, killed a Leaf and scored a goal, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, know, I know. He had a big hit and what, last year he had 14 goals. Yeah. But he's also playing on the third pairing Yeah, for the Flames. The Flames have like one of the better blue lines in the league. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, like he's not... I, I, He's a difference maker on a blue line that's currently employing employing Connor Timmins, Simon Benoit, and, and William Lagerson. Lagerson. Sorry, Lagerson and yeah, Kelly Yarn Crook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's is he the best you can do? Maybe we'll 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 see. I mean, and to that point, boy, for a, a GM with his first kick of the can. For this to be his first move of significance in Craig Conroy mm-hmm. and for it to feel as light as it did and for it to happen now. Feels like him flipping the finger to Toronto, quite honestly. In November. Well, that's the other thing too, right? Like how much of this is, does Craig Conroy want his first trade of significance to be with the guy who was the previous GM of the team that he's taking over? Probably not. Well, I guess you should just, you know, give a player to a division rival instead. I don't think he did that either. Like, I do think he wanted, like, the the best price paid. But I I, got to say, I'm a little curious about the timing of this thing. That's the thing. It it felt like they, it felt like the Canucks were able to move that money out and they evidently didn't want to sit on it. They wanted to make their move. I mean, part of it is the circumstances of Perry, and that's why they were able to free up the cap space. But also, they could have done the Leafs thing, or what we think the Leafs are able to do with Klingberg here, and say, all right, we'll bide our time. We'll see what happens. But they didn't. They pounced right, right away. And third part of this, we talk about it all the time, the idea of setting the market and teams being scared to do so. Alvin, not scared to do that at all, jumping on that. And quite honestly, I think it's a great price. The other thing, like we know this for fact, our boy Luke came on yesterday, two days ago, whenever we were talking, or yeah, it would have been yesterday. And he mentioned that the Leafs have had standing offers in on those mm-hmm. Calgary guys. So what was it? If they needed retention, it would have been a better package. Oh, yeah. You would and, think. And if you needed, and if you're the Flames, why wouldn't you want a better asset? If to like you're afraid of gumming up your cap this year, he's uh, he's an expiring guy. That's the part of it that just doesn't make much sense to me. Because again, unless Trey Living went in super low ball and is like, I'll uh-huh. give you that and I need retention, it's it's really curious. The uh, the other thing as well is that like, you know, like maybe this is like a little bit of making of the sausage, but like, you know, we understand how these things work. If Brad Living feels like he had a fair offer on the table and Craig Conroy just wasn't going to trade him here. Like, we'll hear that sometime in the coming days or at least scuttlebutt of that. And, hey, it just happened yesterday. We haven't heard that yet. That's the other part I'm kind of curious of the fallout from this is if we do start to hear of, eh, I wouldn't have. And, you know, we'll talk to Renaud Lavoie later in the show. Maybe he'll have something on this. The idea of just, like, what, 
how much different is that price from potentially what the Leafs are looking at? And how much does the idea of retention for a team in Calgary change that as well? Well, another thing on the timing for me is I remember when he had his big game, again, in a Flames loss mm-hmm. in a shootout, Max Domi's coming out party. Yeah. The, the, the shootout goal that he scored, uh, despite not having one in regular time for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's scored two now. Uh, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he scored uh, in the shootout against the Panthers, right? right. There you go. Uh, Anyways, in that game where Nikita Zadorov had the goal and he had the hit, Mm -hmm. he he put himself on display for the world to see, and then immediately following that game, his agent came out and said, give me that, get my guy out of here. He's a free agent. He wants out. Listen, I was one of, I think, the many that said, okay, you're you're going to be traded at the deadline. Like, is this necessary? Why do we need to do this now? It feels like a guy trying to force the issue with a specific team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, that maybe he he hopes the fan base is going to react in such a way that the pressure becomes immense on this particular franchise to go out and pull off a trade for him, but that any GM worth his salt is going to play this thing out mm-hmm. and wait until the the there's more bitters, yeah. right? Like, wait until the – there's a reason why – we see teams wait this mm-hmm. thing out until the deadline is because, well, one, there's more clarity with their own team, sure. but also that there's a pressure point for the other teams. And you can get bidding wars, and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you that Nikita Zadorov in February is going to get a first-round pick, but maybe they do better than a third and a fifth. Instead, like, that appears to have worked. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard to argue. I mean, it didn't happen in the coming days, but... Less than a month down the line, he's shipped out of town. Is there also an element of, yeah, Craig Conroy trying to to, to free up his team from a, a team-building perspective, that's, maybe? That's, and, and that's the part that hasn't been uh, adequately reported on yet. Again, maybe something that's going to come out mm-hmm. in, the, in the coming days. I'm sure it wasn't great, though, in, the, in that, in that no, locker that's, room. No, that's kind of how I look at it. There there was a, there was some stories that Backlund and Zadorov kind of had to have, like, a bit of a talk, like, back when they're capped in there, you know, why did this... Because he was surprised by it. I think that was the the issue there, is that, you know, if you're going to make a trade request, maybe tell the captain that you're, mm-hmm. you're going to do so. You know, maybe people feel differently about that. I look at it pretty much strictly from a team continuity chemistry vibes, however you want to look at it from Conroy. Like, you know, he he wasn't a player five minutes ago, but he wasn't a player 35 years ago either. And I just think he remembers probably what it's like to be in rooms with that. And the other part of it as well is that, you know, if Nikita Zadorov was a forward for them and he was just as good as he is, but a forward, they'd probably say, yeah, we'll figure this out. And also he probably wouldn't be wanting out because he'd have ample opportunity. Part of it is that he's just, he is on a third pair on a loaded, loaded blue line. And the other part of that is that Trilli- or Trilliving, uh, Conroy can look at it and say, okay, like, do I love losing this player? No, I'm going to lose him at some point. What do I gain in chemistry versus what I, I lose by trading the player? Now, I do think there's some element to that, but then to the point from the Leafs perspective, use that impetus for a trade to try to get, get the wheels moving. The other thing that, that I think has to be kind of wondered aloud about this is what we talked about yesterday with Trilliving. Is he keeping his powder dry for later in the season? Because he has to to a certain extent. If John Klingberg is on for real LTIR, yeah. he's done for the year. You can't You can't just sit on that cap space and do nothing with it. That would be criminal, quite quite frankly. But... Is he also keeping his powder dry for later in his run? Like, it's the thing we talked about. Is, That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe you can do better than Nikita Zadorov. Well, no, but I don't mean... I'm not saying he's going to do nothing, but I also wonder if it's... Uh, 
is this the year? Like, maybe he's on the other side of the equation, given what we've talked about. And I don't mean that's a sit-on-his-hands thing, but it's, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas had deadlines where he went out and got, I guess maybe it was Lou Lamorello at the time, but you get Brian Boyle. Like, here, here's something. Mm-hmm. Go see what you can do with it. Kyle Dubas has deadlines where he remakes the entire team and gets Achari and, and or I was about to say Lafferty, but, oh, yeah, it was Lafferty involved in that. And McCabe, and you get Ryan O'Reilly, and you get Luke Shen. They're you can add and there's still very, very different types of deadlines. And that's the other thing uh, about it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a situation where it was what uh, after the David Ayers game and the deadline short, like, oh, I think that like, was, yeah, the Zach Bogosian, they canceled the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, and they were shopping Tyson Berry. Yeah. Uh, and that's well, not happening. Who was the, like, they did make a deal on the deadline. I'm trying to remember who it was, but it's someone a very, limited pedigree um yeah i don't think we're that's a a possibility for this team considering it's it's that ain't happening (laughs) i think we're gonna see something um maybe they're not able to do better than nikita zadorov uh but either way that window is now closed speaking of player movement judging by the activity on twitter Mm. the number of times i saw shohei otani's name yesterday yeah feels like like this thing is imminent. Like, I don't know. People, for whatever reason. I had to text you to ask you if I missed something. And there are some reports, and I can tell you why some some of the activity is starting to happen. And it would be kind of Otani in the vein of Shoei Otani mm-hmm. and what we know about him and his secrecy and his maybe shunning of the spotlight to do a Friday news dump of, maybe hey, I'm, I'm, signing, I'm signing today. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about what's going on with Shoei Otani and the Blue Jays next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan man is breaking out. Are you laughing at uh, every, everything? I'm going to use this a turret. Yes, that is actually is what it it's turret. called. Very good. There's yes. a bunch of buttons here. There are a lot. You're like, is there a song happening? Uh, well, I, did, I just didn't know we were on the and radio. Then, and then I, you know, this is probably conversation for, you know, not, not another time, quite honestly, but you got very upset at me talking about John Rahm's morals as well. <laughs> you got very <laughs> don't mad Don't try and shoehorn that in here. We don't have a lot of time this block. And I have to talk about the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star Game, which will be expanded to a three-day event with NHL All-Star Thursday at Scotiabank Arena featuring the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Drive, the NHL Alumni Man of the Year, honoring the 1967 Maple Leafs. Uh. And the Canadian Tire PWHL three-on-three showcase. Tickets to NHL All-Star Thursday go on sale Tuesday, December 5th. That's next Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Ticketmaster. You can catch all the action, including the Rogers NHL All-Star game, you know where, on Sportsnet. Um, yeah, you did text me yesterday. I, I did. don't know. Did you wake up from a nap or something? No, I was just... So what happened was I did have a later in the day nap than normal. Uh-huh. And then... Yeah, like the hero I am went right from napping into the throes of fatherhood. I was putting up Christmas lights. It just wasn't on my phone much. And then I pull up my phone and I honestly thought he had signed because everyone was talking about it, but I couldn't figure out where. So that was the part that was really confusing to me. There's a couple of 
so there's a couple of Twitter accounts that maybe they're verified, maybe they're not, but like they're, well, they're not legitimate sources. Right. Yeah, they're not legitimate sources that I can say are legitimate reasons to believe that the Blue Jays are in the final stages of uh, right. Shohei Otani negotiation. Having said that. I have some informed speculation as well Ooh. that, like, yeah, it's coming down to, like, the Blue Jays are in it. Like, I think yeah. just about everybody's reporting that, right? Like, this is true. And that Choi Otani is in the process of deciding where he's going to sign this offseason. The Blue Jays have not yet been eliminated. Okay. <laughs> and, again, there's multiple sources reporting that it's down to five, maybe three teams, and the Dodgers are still in the mix. And yeah. I think everybody still, I mean, Vegas certainly expects the Dodgers to be the favorites, but now you're seeing you know, a couple insiders, mm. uh, some curious little comments. Andy Martino um, in a a column about Yoshinobu Yamamoto, mm-hmm. the Japanese free agent pitcher who's 25 years old, who's going to command a huge, huge price on the open market. In discussing his likelihood of landing with the Mets, had this little nugget in his latest a Yamamoto doomsday scenario for New York, uh, New York baseball exists in which Shohei Otani chooses a team other than the Dodgers. Semi-informed gossip about that scenario is rampant this week in baseball circles. So that would mean that, yeah, the Dodgers would would pivot to the free agent Japanese pitcher if they couldn't land Otani. So this is people within yeah. the baseball industry are talking about maybe it not being the Dodgers. And if it's not the Dodgers... Then it could truly be anybody. No, not anybody, but anybody of the teams that we've talked about, including the Blue Jays. I'll add more fuel to the fire as to why it might not be the Dodgers. I just want to quickly chuckle at the phrase, which is a very true one, but inform speculation. It just feels very oxymoronic, but it's not. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. speculation, but it's not just like I'm just saying things to say things. It's not not reckless speculation. No. No. Oh, I'll tell you if it's reckless. Yeah. speculation all a, any other speculation if it's not labeled informed it's reckless, reckless. for me right. okay happy to hear this it. one's informed from okay. a place of listen i i have people that know things in my life god forbid i know thing and have things and have direct yeah. uh ties to people who know things but yeah this is a legit thing mm-hmm. I, th- I think everybody that's been paying attention to this story over the last couple of weeks would agree agreed on that Here's another reason why it might not be the Dodgers. Because it wasn't the Dodgers the first time. Okay? I, I went back and I was like, who the hell was in this thing at the outset? Like, why did he choose the Angels again? I guess there was the Mike Trout of it all, but it's not like the Angels had like this right. great This is a great winning... question. Why did he choose the Angels? Well, so it was down to the Angels, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Cubs. Those were the original finalists. Mm. For Shohei Otani. And I'm sure at the time the Blue Jays were intrigued at the possibility sure. of and, and maybe even did make a presentation to him, but they, they were not one of the finalists. Those were the finalists. Mm-hmm. So he heard the the tale from the Dodgers, right? Who at that point had yet to win a World Series, but that was a very wasn't relevant mu- franchise. It wasn't much of a different tale than the one they're spinning now. Yeah, he chose the Angels instead. Now, why would he do that? Why would he do that? I mean, he'll never tell you because you don't get anything from can him. Can I? Can I now have reckless speculation Go about ahead. that? This is reckless, okay? So this is not informed. This is reckless speculation. I wonder how much it's a guy coming from outside and not wanting to be seen to join a ready-made power of saying, you know what? I want to be a bit of the tip of the spear. I want to be the reason. And now, 
Not to say that he can't go to some team that's not the Dodgers, but I do wonder if now having played here for however long it's been, he goes, ah, okay, I actually, I do want to be on a good team. Like, I wonder how much of it was, I don't want to be seen as joining the 27 Yankees. I don't want to be seen as just hopping on to a World Series contender. Now, this is very North American sports, Kevin Durante thought process that I have here, but I do wonder how much of it was that. And then now he goes, Oh, okay. No, it's like, not that he thought it'd be easy to win, but you, you have hubris before you try to do something, right? Like you think you're going to be able to come over and change the whole world. And man, look, it's he's not, come not as close hubris, as he can get, not hubris to think that you and the greatest player no, no, in, right. of all time could have won right. something in, in, in Anaheim over but, the last five years. But he's been doing that for five years. And I think yeah. he probably realizes, of, oh, okay, there yeah. needs to be more than no, like two guys. That's an incompetent franchise yeah. in Anaheim yep. with the Angels. That is my perspective on that. This personally. one's not informed, but again, nobody has informed speculation on Otani's thinking. No. Yeah, so all we can do is just guess. Even the dogs, like, I wonder. Yeah. What do you think? He's what am thinking? I going to get fed today? Who knows? Yeah. Bet it's going to be delicious yeah are we talking about the real dog or the fake dog i don't know producer jeff has a party told us that there's like yeah it's a decoy dog that apparently the one he was uh on camera with receiving his mvp trophy is not the real dog. that might be if that's true that might be my favorite thing Mm -hmm. all the other stuff i'm a little like oh god you're so private live a little but if he's so much like if it's just all a game to him yeah and it's like i'm gonna mess with them and have like seven dogs i love it that part (laughs) i I do love that's the case but i will say but it does feel with with each day and each little morsel of information and yeah. us trying to parse every little thing. And, like, the thing that remains consistent is this guy doesn't want to give us much and wants some level of privacy. Is it possible that he didn't choose the Dodgers the first time around because... It's L.A.? Well, it's, I guess it's, it's the, Anaheim, yeah. Okay, both are in California, but Anaheim ain't L.A., mm-hmm. to your point. Yeah. And the Angels are not the Dodgers. No. As far as fan interest no. and, and media interest. And honestly, even if... Even if it would have worked out exactly as he envisioned there, it would have got crazy. But the Angels are never going to be the Dodgers. Like, it never, there would have just been a different vibe around it to a Dodgers team that's rolling the way, you know, they hope, whatever. Like, so if that was part of the thinking the first time around, what's changed now? I would tell you nothing. Like, nothing has changed this time around. I guarantee you the money was the same. Well, first of all, he was not just a a full-on free agent, right? Right. He had to go through the processes. But no, no, he he could have stuck it out in Japan for, I think, a couple more years and become just a totally unrestricted Mm -hmm. free agent. He wanted to come to North America as quickly as possible. And as such, his, his earning potential was limited the first time around. So it didn't really come down to dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, to me, that should make you even more bullish as a Blue Jays fan that you're in this thing because if it, it like, the Blue Jays are not in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes without putting up top dollar. Yeah. Like, the Blue Jays aren't going into this thing thinking they have a chance to land Shohei Otani. They're like, oh, our sales pitch about it being Canada and mm-hmm. owning the country and another little a country in his portfolio, yeah. like, that's going to overwhelm the $100 million no. less that we're on. No. No. Like, you have that on top of the also, like, a half a billion dollar outlay to Shohei Otani. So, we've we've seen Shohei Otani already say, oh, the other things other than money with the Dodgers, I'm I'm not about. Like, I, 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 I saw it, and you made a nice pitch, and that's interesting. Not for me. So, 
The reason, like the proof of concept, yeah. is already here for him to say thanks, but no thanks to the Dodgers. The other thing I I look at with that is just as you kind of list off the teams that are still in it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of my feel on it, and I I should preface all of this, like I said the last time we talked about Shohei, with I don't. I ultimately don't think he's going to end up signing here. I think he's probably going to sign somewhere else. That is my belief. But I think the Blue Jays either have to be seen as the last option of those suitors to him or 1B because they're so different from everybody else. Like I suppose you could say the Cubs and their pitch is somewhat similar, but the Cubs, it's going to be a lot of like, It's legacy. It's one of the great franchises because to your point, they're going to have to find a way to differentiate. There's all the West Coast teams that we know are are interested. We know you look at the list he looked at the first time. So it feels to me like if the stuff that makes the Blue Jays so different from all those other teams doesn't scare him away, why wouldn't they be 1B or or just flat out 1 in all of this? And again, I don't actually believe that to be true, but just trying to, again, parse the tea leaves because that's all we can do. That is kind of how I look at it, that they're either the last of the options for him or right there at the top. And I don't mean last compared to the White Sox or whatever, but of the teams he's legitimately considering here. I'm at a point now where, okay, I'm one, ready to be hurt. Like, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I could, I'm buddy, I could hurt you. But, like, my heart is in a place where it's like, it it's too real now mm. to, to believe that we're watching Shohei Otani 162 times yeah. a, a season. I've been there a few times. But also, that if it's not the Dodgers, I think it's the Blue Jays. Wow. I got, I, I, I'm, that's where I'm at with this. It, it, and it's hard for me to shake that feeling. Now, I still think it's going to be the Dodgers. I think there's a greater than 50% chance that Shohei Otani lands with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't land with the Dodgers, I think he's going to be a Toronto Blue Jay. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I think if if they he either is just using them as leverage, which I don't think is happening, but, like, it's anything is possible with this, or they are the 1B to the Dodgers 1A, or maybe just one. That Like, I, I, don't, I don't have a dissimilar read. I just, yeah, to your point, I think it's a 50% or better chances with the Dodgers. Don't do it over the weekend, and don't do it after, you know, we sign off today. Can you do it, like, next week sometime? Mm, I got to look. meetings before the winter meetings. I have to look at my calendar for when I'd like that. But I got to be honest, also, if at 9.05, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> what? I get to drive home. I listen to Bunk talk about it. It's great. All right. Not for me. I want to be on the air. I want. I don't want to have to wait three I was days on, to react. I, I got to be honest. I was on the air for the Dalton Varsho trade, and that just that that went as bad okay. as humanly possible. I was also don't on the compare I was also, Dalton Varsho no, no. trade to. Shoei I was also Otano on the air. To, to I was also signing. on the air for George Springer when uh-huh. he signed. I've been mm-hmm. on the air for like a lot of the bigger on the air Jays moves. John Tavares signed. I was. I literally signed off the update desk. The last update I did mm. was the update before he signed. So I was on the air that day. So just saying. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> good for the Leafs. Signed John Toronto. All right. When we come back, um, Dak doing it after, you know, the disappointment of of losing to the 49ers, getting their heads caved in. And again, I guess the disappointment of losing to the Eagles the first time around. They look a lot different offensively. Uh, and also uh, we'll see Toronto Maple Leafs and look ahead to, to Saturday's game. Against Boston, as the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.